0: Children are dismissed to Children's Church. Lord, we ask that you bless them and cover them. We thank you that you watch over your word, Lord God, that it does not return void. We pray for your precious promises over their hearts and their minds, that, Father, they would have an understanding of you even at a young age in your walk with them, that, Lord God, that they would desire you. So, Lord, we ask that you would also bless those that are teaching the kids. We ask that, Father, we just ask that you would just fill this place, continue to fill it with your presence as we get into your word, that we would be moved, convicted, touched by it. Father, thank you that you've given us the living word that guides us and directs us, that you give us wisdom, that you give us discernment. The Father God, you give us hope. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. I'm going to take a little bit of a detour. We are in Romans 3. We're going to, we might touch on some of that as you guys are continuing to, to study that as we're going through it. But today I went to get this light in the back here next door. And I was so frustrated because everything's locked up. You can't go to a store without asking someone because everything's locked up. And, you know, people could say, well, I don't know if I really believe in sin. Is it really sinful? Well, if we didn't have sin, we wouldn't have things locked up. Right? The world is progressively getting into this the way it is. I don't know about you, but, I mean, it's easy to get yourself down if you're looking at the wrong things. Would you agree? And even as a Christian, I believe we get attacked. So the things that That god has put in our heart the enemy's real quick to have us call into question or doubt or to bring in false accusation against him because that's what he can do that's all he can do but we serve a living god amen and so when we look at this it's just i want us to kind of not to take it off too far but i think it's important as we look into baptism and the importance of it because a lot of people go well you know my faith is a personal thing and yeah it is your personal relationship with god but all throughout church history, when people gave their life to Christ, they wanted people to know about it. I think that in society today, it's a little hard because maybe we know that there's that one person in the family that might not be a great representation of Christianity, or we, we see stuff on TV that in our hearts we know doesn't really line up with the word, and so there's a lot of wrong representation, and we don't want, you know, we're just kind of more and less kind of standing in the back instead of understanding that God is bigger than all of that. And when we make a commitment to follow him, to not be ashamed, to share that, hey, I'm a new person because of Christ. I'm a new person because I came and met him at the cross because he died in my place. And because of that, I have a new life. And I might not be perfect, I might not get it all right all the time, but I'm growing. And being real in their faith, amen? A genuineness. I don't know about you, don't you think the world craves something genuine? There's so many knockoffs, isn't there? There's so many fakes about so many things. It goes in the same thing with those who claim to be Christians. It's not for us to necessarily judge so much as we can look in the mirror and we got enough to deal with. We want to be the difference, amen? And so in in Genesis chapter 6, picking up in verse 5, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, All the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. Men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Sometimes and all throughout Wherever in your, in, our, in your walk or even in the lives of those in the Bible, we see people where they got so down and out that they would actually say to God that I'm the only one still serving you, like Elijah, right? Right after the Battle of Carmel, even him, after a great victory in your life, you can easily turn around in a few weeks, become down and out and bummed and not believing in the promises and just letting the enemy work you over, Right? because you're not standing where you should be. So when we look at Noah and we look at this man, he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And he had a task to do. God asked him to do something that if if you felt in your heart that God asked you to build an ark, I want you to think about that just for a second. There is no evidence of a flood coming. And God asked you to do something that you're going to be mocked for made fun of. The people that you see every day are going to think you're a lunatic, right? But at the end, it's eventually going to save you, right? And, and when you think about it, a lot of the times, things just don't make sense. But one thing I see in the world continuously getting more and more towards the evil, and it's not to, I'm not glorifying that all, but we need the light. We are to be the light. And to be anyway in your faith of not really knowing where you stand, you will probably not stand for much. It won't take much of a storm to, to wipe away your foundation. And I say that because it's always darkest before the dawn. And we live in a time that's trying right? We live in a time where people want to take the cross out of Christianity and just tell you that God's a big genie, and he's up there to give you all the things you want, and he wants to just bless you every single day. And they take out the fact that, no, we're sinners, and we need Jesus, and God is a righteous and a holy God, and he calls us to live like that. And you know what's great? He knows that we can't, so he made a way for us just like he made a way for Noah. He had him build this ark. It was the ark that saved Noah and his faith to build it. It was not the water that saved Noah. It was the ark. And the same thing in our walk with God, in your relationship with God, where are you at? Where do you stand in your walk with him? This is how God is. We always have an idea of God as just being, he is a gracious and loving God, but he's a holy God. He loves us so much right? And he's patient with us, long suffering, and as we read in Romans 2, that none should, he doesn't want anyone to perish but to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but in Romans 2, it says that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. That very patience is to lead us to him. But we have more distractions today than ever before. Would you agree? I mean, it's hard to stay focused, not just because of ADHD or whatever. It's hard to stay focused because there's a lot going on. I mean, think about back in the day. You could just sit on a rock. You're not going to see much, right? We live in a time where everything's demanding something of us—our thoughts, where we're at—and the whole time we're we're giving ourselves to something. If you would turn with me to, if you would turn with me to First uh, Peter. I love this. We're going to start in verse um, 15. This is chapter 3, verses 15. We're going to go into 4. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, right? Right? keeping a clear conscience that all those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He who put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also we went and preached to the spirits in prison— who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah. While the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of the dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with his angels and authorities and powers in submission to him. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live like the rest of his earthly life, live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. So think about that for a second. Letting your conscience be clear. We are to share the gospel with respect. A lot of people maybe forget that part. Gentleness, right? I don't think that's a bullhorn on the side of the street as much as meeting a need and sharing the gospel with someone. That is important so people understand. And the enemy doesn't want us to do that. But just as even in the days of Noah, it wasn't the water that saved, it was the faith and putting the faith in the vessel to build that ark. And Jesus Christ is our ark. Amen. We have faith in him. We have faith that he came and makes a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. That he truly does make the crooked way straight in our life. And that he can change your heart and restore your soul. I don't know about you, but I needed my soul restored. You can go through things in life that just bring you down. and It's like a backpack and you don't even know you're carrying it until you give it to Jesus. And you can feel that all that weight is just lifted off. I don't know how to explain it other than you have to come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ for yourself. But when we do that and we put our trust and our hope in him, that's what this symbolizes. That is, water symbolizes the punishment and the death and the corruption. And as you go down, you are protected in Jesus. And as you come up, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, he makes all things new. The enemy is going to tell you all the time how bad you are, how, how you're a mistake. You are made in God's image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made so much so that he knows every hair on your head because he's designed you and made you for his purposes. We cannot live a life of hope or joy or any real peace apart from being in that right relationship with him. The religious people of the day didn't get it. They had the form, they had a function, but they did not know him. You can have form and function in your life. You can know and taste that the Lord is good, but never really yield. When we yield and we say, Jesus is my Lord, there will be people that will think that's crazy. Sometimes in your own mind, you will go, it's kind of crazy to think the way that I think. We live in a world that is progressively growing in anti-faith movement, in any type of faith movement, any type of family structure. I've never seen this before. And it's not going to stop. And then you will have those who will get angry and curse the darkness instead of being the light. As Christians, we are to be the light. And you know what? God will hold us strong and keep us faithful. I believe that because he's the author and the finisher of our faith, amen? How many of you know I need him to write the book? I'm not as good of a writer. I'll have a lot of bad chapters. I'm glad that he changes and writes my life, and I just need to yield and obey him. I need to yield. That's the hard part, isn't it? especially when we're men's men, tough guys, or you've gone through a whole lot and no one did much for you or was there for you, so you know what, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna reach and ask for help. You've never done it before, why do it now? One day, we all know we need help. You get older, you start to realize, even if you don't want to. Humility is knowing that you need help and you're, you're okay with asking. Lord, I need you in my life because I'm getting bitter out here. My heart's getting hard out here. I don't want to be hardened. I want to be the light, and I find it difficult sometimes. I want to see your faithfulness because the enemy is always telling me that you're not faithful. I want to see that you do answer my prayers because the enemy's telling me that I'm just talking to myself here. And you pray even prayers like that, and God is faithful. Did you know that? It's funny, we think everything's based on our five senses, what we taste, see, smell, and experience this world. But the truth is, the spiritual element of it isn't based on what we feel, it's on what we choose to believe. When you choose to believe something and you say, I'm gonna believe this even though I don't feel it, you make room for God to move in your life because everything comes down to faith. Did you know that? You, you're not gonna debate someone into heaven, they need to know they need Jesus. No one comes to the Father unless he first draws them. You can't even come to God unless he's put it in your heart for you to choose him. And when it's there, then you have an opportunity to either not listen or listen. We live in a time where it's like, well, I'm not ready. Okay, God's not gonna force his hand on you. But I don't know how long you have. I don't know how long the patience is. And I'm not here to scare you into something. I don't think I need to tell any of you how the world's going. And it is progressively changing. But you know what? The kingdom of God is not of this world. We are called to be different. We are called to go against the flow. We don't have to be given into these things. And just as that water, that, that, that judgment that was coming around, that ark lifted them up out of that water, Christ lifts us out of our storms as well. You might still be in it, but you're in his hands, and that's a good place to be. I'd rather have a storm with the Lord than one on my own all day long, amen? It's funny, when, when the ship's going down, ev- no, there's not a lot of atheists on board. Well, I might as well try. That means you were thinking about it. If you were a true atheist, it wouldn't even come into your mind. See, God is faithful to his word, church. Why? Because he's, he is a God of love. You know, and when people make an opportunity and they say, hey, I want to choose, I choose to serve the Lord, and they're making that testimony, there's a cleansing thing that that represents that's powerful. You know, a lot of the times I used to get frustrated with altar calls, and I say that because, you know, you can just go up and some churches do altar calls all the time, and I'm not bagging any of that, because you know what, there's something that happens when you give an altar call and someone's like, I'm not going up there, and they choose to go up there. I think that that the Holy Spirit uses that as an opportunity for them because they're dying to themselves to come up. Does that make sense? I say that because there's an outward action that needs to take place. We always want God to do everything. He's already done the work. We need to walk in it. You need to walk in the newness of life. If you're having a hard time with that, then you need an accountability friend or a partner that you can be honest with, with what's going on in your life so that you can get the help that you need. Or you can try to Lone Ranger it and see how well that works out for you because usually it doesn't. You'll get bitter and angry and then you'll wait. There's nobody around. Nobody cares, but you didn't make yourself available. You didn't tell anyone that you were struggling. Isn't that what we often do sometimes? We want someone else to do all the work. or we get upset? No one? We can do that, right? Let's continue. Turn to Hebrews eleven seven. Hebrews eleven seven. Hebrews eleven seven. 7. I love all of Hebrews 11. It's a great chapter to read in the Heroes of the Faith. And as we read it, it says, starting in verse, I said a 7, I'm going to start in 1. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, the faith, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that it is seen, was not just made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he has taken, he has commended as one who has pleased God. So in other words, Enoch pleased the Lord and the Lord had taken him out taking him away. In verse 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when he was warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Think about that, by faith alone. He trusted and he built an ark in front of everyone, all those that were like, what is he doing? And God provided him not only ability and the wisdom to build it, but he told him exactly how to build it. But you guys know, think about that, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you feel like God rewards you for seeking him? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we feel like I'm seeking, and then we don't know. So sometimes you're like, well, I don't understand. I'm not hearing God in this. There's only a few things that keep us from hearing. Either we're not reading the word where we hear and understand God. You know, it's not always this audible voice. It's in your heart. He speaks to you through the word that you've deposited there. How may a young man keep his way pure by meditating on the word day and night? Meditating means to regurgitate, to bring it back up, the promises of God. Just as David did, he sang those psalms, he sang them out in the field, and he would recall God's goodness when he was down and out. He would speak the truth of God. He would speak forth these things, these promises that he had said to those before. That's how God is. He rewards us when we seek him. We're not always going to feel like it. We're not always going to sense it. But when sometimes when we look back, you can see the hand of God moving mightily in your life. Amen? That's what I kind of always experienced. I wanted to know if God is doing something. And I came out of a college where they'd always say, God's doing a new thing. And I used to go, well, what's the old thing? Because I feel like I'm missing it. Right? I was seeking the Lord. I was doing all these outward functions, if you will. But the whole time there was parts in my life you know, on the outside, I'd stay up all night and pray with candles and go to prayer conferences and do all these wonderful things, and God would do things. But the whole time, God's like, that's all fine and dandy, but let's get to the real Sean inside. And until you're ready to go there with me and let me clean house, you're not going to know much more. You know that's how it works? Your obedience opens the door to the knowledge and the, and the amount of what God—because he loves you so much, he's not going to give you something— that you're gonna later be you're accountable for what you receive. Does that make sense? He gives you out of love. He will withhold certain things because you're not ready to hear it. So when we look at the word of God, you can see that. You can see people who have chosen to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. And you would think everything should go perfect in their life. No, they still had to go through these trials in this world, but their faith was in the Lord. Look at Stephen, for instance, the first martyr in the Bible. He chose to serve the Lord, and he preached to this grand scheme. It didn't keep what happened to him from happening. And that message hit Paul right in the heart, who's giving us the letter that we're reading today. That's how God works in amazing ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there's no greater place to be than in that place at peace with him. Amen? A lot of the times people go, well, I feel like I'm in a a battle. It's not working. I'm praying and I'm not seeing. Either it's unrepentant sin in your life... There's something that you're not giving him, right? And there's stuff that you might need help with, or the answer's no and you don't like it. A lot of the times it's no, so we wanna go find a yes somewhere. Have you ever done that? I've done it. I'm like, well, let me rationalize why I should. That's not, God can just say no, just for the sake that it's not for you at this time. It's not because he's trying to punish you, it's because he loves you, amen? How many of you know you probably can't have a a stellar, rock-solid marriage without God? You could survive. But I'd rather have the Lord in it, right? God holds, if he can hold the whole world together, he can hold you and your relationships together. He can hold your mind together, amen? Some of us get older, you start wondering, am I losing it? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever looked in the mirror when no one's around and go, are you still with me? Because I sometimes wonder, like, what's the definition of crazy? Have you ever thought that? Don't freak out. I'm I'm making a joke. But we can think that way, right? You're like, am I okay? I used to ask Rod because, you know, a mentor of mine, I'd sit down with him. And I'd love to sit down at coffee for like three years. Everyone thought we were talking about church stuff. We weren't. We were just talking about life. But since he's a psychologist, I figured, you know what, might as well get as much info as I can. And I felt like he was holding back, but now that he's gone, I can. everything he's told me He's famous for one-liners would always come back. And they've impacted my life greatly, but in the time when I'm sitting there with him, didn't realize it. It was just like, like why isn't he telling me more? And I used to ask him, I'm like, hey, what is crazy? He's like, what's the definition of crazy? I'm like, well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> I mean, right? It's like we all have different thoughts or things that we go through. And it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, the older you get, you start to realize things change. Your motivations, your desires in life change. Think how awesome it is that we have the Lord who's a rock. He doesn't change. And he holds you as a kid. He'll hold you as a youth. He'll hold you as a, t- as a, as a young adult. And he'll hold you in your age when you're old, er, because he loves us. Amen? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Noah was warned and he did it. Thank God that Noah was obedient. Amen? Now if you turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And you, if you remember, you had, in the Roman church, you had a lot of Gentiles as we were talking, and In early in the history of the setting and you had also a lot of Jews that have come back to Jerusalem or Rome I mean and they've come back and they've realized church is a little different because kind of in their eyes the pagans had taken over because the pagans gave their life to Christ and they're doing church a little different so you had hey you need to do the Jewish custom still to be a Christian. all this arguing and stuff was going on a lot of that's at the base of Romans right so Paul is reminding them of the importance that, no, all of us have sinned, as you know in chapter 3, if you've been reading ahead. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen? There is no one higher than someone else. There's no one higher than you in the sense we're all in the same boat. We all need a Savior. We're all sinners. And it says even further that none seek after God. No, not one. There's none righteous. It says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? He paints a pretty clear picture of how the world is, doesn't he? how our hearts are right and so from that he says he's reminding them and encouraging them that hey we're new we're new in Christ and some were like well hey remember there's that teaching that hey i can do whatever i want in my body because i'm a spiritual being so it doesn't really matter so a lot of that was happening this gnostic teaching that was happening where people were like hey i can sin all i want and go to church on sunday it doesn't make a difference because i'm a spiritual being right some people might live like that now and that's not that's not the right way to live that's you're compartmentalizing it and you're not even walking and doing what the Lord has asked you to do right we're all to give a reason why we're changing our lives why things are different so in Romans chapter 6 it says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means we died to sin how can we live to it any longer or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Amen? If we have been united with him in his death, we certainly also will be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now think about that for a second. People go, well, I don't know. I feel like I'm being tempted or I'm being overcome. It says that God will give you nothing that you cannot handle, basically. He provides a way out. You know that? I don't know about where you guys are. Everyone's in different places in their life. Some of you are like, well, I can't think of the last time I sinned. Probably right now, if you thought that. Okay? Sin is missing the mark. For me... There was a time when I chewed a lot, right? I, you guys are aware of this. If you're not, you're, you are now. And I could not, I didn't think I could ever quit Copenhagen Long Cut, just didn't believe it was possible. Don't judge me, but you can if you want. I felt like the Lord's like, I, I'm like, God, I believe you freed me from drugs, alcohol, but the chew's a hard one. I just, I need help. And I feel like he's like, you got this. I'm going to be with you. You gave it to me. I'm going to take it from you. So then always something happens, right? Something like, bad news happens, so I gotta go get a can. So, you know, it's like, hey, I'm drinking, it's someone's birthday every day, whatever you wanna tell yourself to keep drinking. Truth is, there's always a birthday, okay? <laughs> there's always a reason. You'll make a reason when there's no reason, you'll make a reason. So we're all on the same page, right? So I go to the gas station, some of you heard it, but it never gets old. Not to mention trying to hide you when you're a Christian. And then that's when god would send everybody right here to my and they get right in my zone right and i'd have to spit horrible just embarrassing and it says your sin will find you out and i believe that and so from that i go to a gas station and i'm like hey do you have any copenhagen long cut and they're like oh we're sold out of copenhagen long cut i'm like oh maybe that's the lord telling me no i'm like well i get in the car i start driving of course i go to the next gas station Oh, they're sold out of Copenhagen Long Cut, too. There's a shortage. Go to the third one. Guess what? They have it. And as I had it, the amount of shame that overcame me, me. Now you go, hey, are you saying you can't chew? I'll tell you what my mentor told me. You have a problem with chewing when this falls off. Okay? However, you. I'm not judging you at all. Some people can chew and... If you're gonna go, well, that's really bad. Well, so is eating cheeseburgers and fast food and processed food, it's all bad. The point is, it had a hold of me, right? It had a hold of me and I couldn't feel like I was free. And that's not how God wants us to live. You know, if you have to do something every day, you're a slave to it. I didn't wanna be a slave anymore. I hated being a slave. I wanted to be tough about it, but I just couldn't. And it was hard, because you know how many times I tell my family I quit something like that, and then the kids and my wife are like, oh, here we go again, angry dad for a couple days almost to where they're like want to throw a can from you know what I mean it's just the anger the frustration and I say that because it took some work I had to get candies and other things and constant prayer and let everyone know hey I might be a little irritable I don't need a reason to go get a can so kind of be nice kind of give me some grace and the Lord has freed me amen but it wasn't easy and it didn't happen overnight sometimes it can happen overnight I believe God does it sometimes instantly But then there's other times you go back to it like a dog to vomit. It's not going to be so easy this time. You're going to need accountability. You're going to need help. Amen? I think about when Moses was up on the hill and God wrote the Ten Commandments on the stone, right? He wrote it. And then after the anger, he broke it. Guess what? God made him carve it next time. Did you know that? He had to work it harder next time. And I think that's how it is in our life. As a Christian, God gives freedom. He heals you. He restores you. But the enemy always wants to take you around the back street again and get you in a place where you feel down why because it affects your conscience when you don't feel confident in something you're not going to walk in it right when you know that you're a new creature in christ jesus and you fall you're like yeah i'm a hypocrite i don't want to play this game welcome to the club everyone will make a mistake as long as you're not who you used to be when you look back you are someone new two steps forward one step back you're still moving forward amen does that apply to anyone because you could get frustrated. I think there's more fights between husband and wife on the way to church than probably anywhere else. We're talking an hour and a half tops, but I feel like it takes the world for some people to get here. And they know they, they're blessed when they come, but the whole time it's like, well, why do you think that is? Because we need each other. It's not just the message. It's the camaraderie, the talking afterwards, you guys getting to know someone outside of yourself and, and, and experiencing each other, getting to know one another. Amen? Any questions about what I said? No? I'm just so thankful that I can look to the Lord. That's why it says he's the author and finisher of our faith. Not only that, his mercies are new every morning because he knows we need a new morning. Amen? And some of us, we're not really blowing it in a big way, but you're still blowing it if you're not growing. That's just as sinful We always look at the external things. But how are you doing? If if you're here, don't let the enemy beat you up. You are new. You are a new person. And you can trust God to take care of the rest. Amen? I mean, we can ask the one who created the whole earth what to do and how to do it. Would you stand with me, please? Philippians 4 it says, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all that the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I like how it reminds us of how we are to think because there's a lot of things that we can give our mind to and it all starts with our mind, amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you give us the ability to think about the right things, Lord, that you would help us, that Father, when we begin to stray in our thoughts or we fall into a stupor of some, any kind, Lord, if there's those in this room that do not fully understand what it means to know you or to walk in the newness of life that you've given them, Father, I pray that they would come after this uh, service and that we would talk and that, Father, they could come to that saving knowledge of you. Father, I thank you that you are faithful and true to your word. I thank you that, Lord God, you know exactly what we need. You know that we needed you and you sent your son to stay in the place for us, to die on that cross so that we may have a new life. May we not take it for granted, Lord. Father, I thank you for the testimonies that we've seen this morning of those who have made a commitment to you outwardly, Lord, and and to have others know. And we just pray that, Father, we would be that light, that you would help us be the light that you've called us to be. I thank you for your precious promises, Lord. I thank you that you are faithful and that, Father, Lord, we can stand with the one who holds it all together, that, Father, you are so worthy of our praise. So, Father, as we go from this place, I pray that our hearts would be before you, that we would be convicted of those things that do not honor you, and that, Father, as we give them to you, we would see the peace that comes from walking in stride with you. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. May you go and be a blessing. And again, be in prayer for next week, and we'll see you.